Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today.
And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before him. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. Every knee will bow before the lion. Good morning and welcome to South Valley. We're going to worship the Lord together, proclaim his goodness, proclaim his greatness. Tell the Lord, it's who 
All right, I want you to get up out of your seat. Put your hands together. Dance around your living room and tell the Lord he reigns. Come on. You paint the night. You count the stars and you know them by name. The skies proclaim. glory shines you teach the sun
One more time, God, you reign. Sing, God, you reign. Forever and ever, God, you Amen. Amen. Give a shout out to the Lord where you are. Tell him he reigns. There's nothing he can't handle. He holds your life in the palm of his hand. He has the mighty miracles by his hand. He can do all things. So whatever you're facing this morning as you come into his presence, lay it down. Have your time with the Lord. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you are a God who reigns supreme. You are a God who knits everything together by your hand, Lord. You created each and every one of us. And not only that, Lord, you provided a way back to you, Lord, in relationship through your son, Jesus Christ, who paid the ultimate price. You sent your son to this planet to walk among us, to declare victory over death through what he did on the cross and through the grave, Lord. So we proclaim that victory. Let it be known, Lord, for every heart that's listening, that you love them, if there's anyone who's feeling distance, maybe overwhelmed, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their heart this morning. Let them know that they are loved, that there's nothing you can't handle. God, you reign. I pray for hearts that may not know you. Maybe they don't understand how much you love them, Lord. I pray that you would draw them to you, that there would be conversation in their hearts, Lord, that would draw them to you and want to know who your son Jesus is. So as we seek you this morning, Lord, Help us to have our time with you. Let us not have distractions. Cast those out. Let us have our time with you. As we look into your word, speak powerfully through your word, Lord. Your word is life. It is alive. It breathes. And it speaks. So we pray all of this in your precious name. Amen. South Valley. So glad that y'all are here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope that worship was a blessing to you. And before we get to the rest of the service, I want to make sure to holler at y'all for a quick minute, okay? So, Rooted, the registration for our upcoming fall semester of Virtual Rooted is this Wednesday, September the 2nd. So if you have been teetering about whether or not you want to join it, man, I encourage you to check it out because it's going to be a great opportunity for people in small groups to gather online to be able to unpack some foundational aspects of the Christian walk and really build on those disciplines that will just help you to grow exponentially. It's such a tremendous experience, and I just pray that if you're one that's been teetering back and forth, that you will just take that leap, y'all, and participate in this upcoming semester of Rooted. So you want to go to svcclamore.org, our website, and there's just this big old graphic for the Rooted semester. Click on that, and there's going to be some more information available for you that will hopefully answer some preliminary questions that you've got, and then you'll be able to register. So don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Don't whatever ate, whatever rhymes with that. Make sure you go ahead and take care of that, y'all, so that you can get plugged in and get to growing. Next thing, and this is very exciting. All right, I'm going to get close, y'all. I'm going to get a little close with this. So check this out. Next Sunday, September the 6th, that's Labor Day weekend, y'all, we are launching Sunday morning outdoor services. You heard it right, friends. So Sunday September 6th, 9 a.m., outdoor services. We're gonna have the lawn area available as well as the parking lot right in front of the, the worship center. 
and some just some things to bear in mind we're asking you just to make sure that you bring chairs make sure that you have maybe blankets and make sure that your family sits together and that we're socially distancing from other groups and also just reminding you that masks will be needed for this as well and another big thing oh my goodness children's ministry we're going to have children's ministry available from ages three through the sixth grade they're going to have a whole awesome experience of their own in their own space with a team that's going to be welcoming them with love and excitement and energy so that they can hear the word of the lord that they can worship play games and have some crafts too now we're going to be giving some more specific details about the children's ministry as well as other areas involving the outdoor service such as parking and all those logistics so keep your eyes out on your email as well as social media now for those who are maybe not quite ready to come back to campus totally okay we are still going to have a recording available that we will record for you on sunday morning eight o'clock you'll have that available now it's not going to be a live recording of the worship gathering that we're going to be having on sunday mornings it will be pre-recorded just as we normally do and Facebook Live will not be going on during that time. We're gonna go ahead and suspend that for a, a brief period of time. We're in a bit of transition with that. And with Sunday morning services happening at the same time, we wanna make sure to uh, offer both well. So something for everyone to make sure that we get the opportunity to plug in and to worship and praise and engage and hear the word and connect with the Lord. So we're gonna have those in-person services starting Sunday, the 6th of September, and we're also gonna still have an online option that the staff will record for you and have ready for you eight o'clock on YouTube and on Facebook for you to view, okay? So before we get into the rest of the service, wanna do something a little different here. Wanted to give you some space to just pray as the Lord leads you to pray. There might be something on your heart that's really weighing heavily on you and your family, might be some circumstances we know that in our world today there are plenty of circumstances going on obviously with the virus being one of them but there are just so many things that are still heavy laden on the hearts of of all of us um and so what we're going to do is i'm going to just literally just pause and it's going to be weird because it's going to be silent for you know a few seconds but i just want to invite you to pray and you might be again wondering what to pray for whatever's on your heart it might be for those who have been affected by the fires, whether they were people who were victimized by it or those who were fighting it. It might be because of the hurricanes that are happening in various parts of our country on coastal areas. It might be because of the social and racial unrest, the uh, recent upheaval of that yet again. Um, there are just so many different things that we can be praying for. So I'm just gonna be silent for a moment and then I'm gonna pray and then um, we'll go on from there. All right. Father God, you are good. You are mighty, you are just, you are compassionate, Lord, you are full of grace, Lord, you're full of wisdom. And Father, we are truly blessed to be able to be called your children. Lord, as sinful as we are as people, you still pursue us, you still love us, you honor us, yet we are so undeserving of that honor to be known as your children. But God, that just speaks so highly of your heart for us. And so we just want to give you praise right now for that truth. 
he prays for that, that joy that we have coming from that truth. And Father, we know that, that there is much that's still happening in our world, Lord. We have the, the virus that is affecting people, Father. We have fires that are affecting people. We have other natural disasters that are affecting people. We have just so much weighing heavily in our world, Lord God. And we just want to say first that we know that you are sovereign. And we pray, Lord, that in your sovereignty, that you would just touch hearts and compel hearts, Lord, to be strong, to be brave, that you would be providing continually for the needs of your people. And Father, would you raise up the church, Lord, to continue to extend arms of love and encouragement, of support and service, Lord? Would we be tangible in our ways of serving others and loving others? God, there are just so many other things on the hearts of your people right now. We pray that you would just continue to hear them and that you would continue to move through the movement of your Holy Spirit. We love you, God, and we thank you so much for who you are, and we thank you for what you're doing and what you will continue to do. Times might very well be difficult continually for many of us, Lord, but we know that you are good, and we will trust you, and we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hello, South Valley family. Glad you're joining me today in this Bible study. Our teaching this morning is going to come again from the Gospel of John, chapter 13. So if you need to pause this video, do so and go get your Bible and make your way to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. There's sort of a dark background uh, that's happening in John 13. We talked about that a little bit last week, but let me just spend a few moments kind of reviewing some of the things we've covered. The dark background of John 13 is the sinister, the treacherous betrayal of Judas. Of the 35 verses in chapter 13, seven of those 35 verses allude to Judas's character or his conduct. However, it's not what this chapter teaches about Judas that's so important but rather how brightly our Lord Jesus Christ shines against the backdrop of satanic activity. In verse 2, it says this, And supper being ended, the devil, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So there's satanic activity going on in this upper room where Jesus and his disciples are meeting. All of the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, repeatedly mention this sinister betrayal. Matthew mentions it 13 times in his, in his gospel. Mark mentions it eight times. Luke mentions it six times. And John, in his gospel, mentions it eight times. What I talked about last week was that nothing ever takes Jesus by surprise. Yes, what Judas did was treacherous. It was a betrayal. But nothing ever takes our Lord by surprise. If, if you wanted a theological term to attach to that, we would simply use the term omniscience. Jesus knows. And, and this truth about Jesus knowing what's in a person's heart is sort of a, a, an underlying... 
theme in the Gospel of John. You, you see various places in John's Gospel where that element of our Lord's capability to read a person's heart is seen. The first time it appears, it's in chapter 1 where Jesus sees one of his disciples who is yet to be his disciple by the name of Nathaniel coming. coming and when Nathaniel gets within earshot, Jesus says this, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And it kind of took Nathaniel by surprise. He says, How do you even know me? And never from this point he met Jesus. And Jesus told him, He said, Well, before Philip called you to come over here, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel, his heart is amazing. He said, Rabbi, God, you are the king of Israel. You pay much to convince him. But Jesus said, What kind of character he had? Go to John chapter 2, and it says, at the Passover feast in Jerusalem, a lot of people were sinning in him because of the signs of the wonders that he did. And it says this about Jesus, but Jesus didn't open himself to them because he knew all men had no need that anyone should testify of man, but he knew what was in man. That's the second time you see John letting us know that Jesus knows what's so going on in the person's heart. You go to chapter 4, there the you have Jesus in the region of Samaria speaking with a woman at a well, and during the course of their conversation, Jesus tells her, go get your husband. She says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, you have said correctly that my husband is the man you're now with is not your husband. And Jesus told this woman in situation, having never been Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. Every 
heaven and his earth and the cities and all of these places. God's sovereignty is an attribute of God that those of us who truly love him My God, no matter what, is an amen, absolute amen. control. Frankly, well, good morning we do not want a God Valley. who can't gonna do whatever he pleases in heaven and earth. His goodness, if you remove from his God the attribute of his sovereign kingship over all of his creation, you are left with a world in chaos that has absolutely no hope. God said this in Isaiah 55, 11, familiar verse for many of you. He said, my word will go forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it'll prosper in the thing for which I sent God is sovereign. When he speaks, it's going to happen. And no one can thwart what God is doing. What his purposes and plans are will be carried out. And that brings us a source of comfort and a source of great confidence, especially in the days that we're living. We can see his perfect knowledge then. We can see his sovereign control even within the backdrop of the treachery and betrayal of Jesus. Now let's talk about the third principle. We'll pick this up today. This is our, our study for today. So the third principle is this. God's sovereignty never negates man's responsibility. Yes, God is the sovereign control, but that never cancels man's responsibility for his actions. Now verse 18 speaks of what Judas was about to do. Look at verse 18. You have your Bible open. Jesus said, I do not speak concerning all of you. In other words, I'm not, I'm not making a blanket statement over all of you guys. I know who I've chosen you, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. And there, as I said last week, Jesus quotes a passage out of his book of Psalms. It was prophesied in the time what Judas could do. Judas was not a part of his own will and desire. Folks, Judas was not an unwilling victim, was he? And now, if you, if you have your Bible open to, to John 13, and I hope that you do, go back up to verse 3. I want to just read this because what John here is doing is he's giving you sort of an, an exalted view of Jesus. Look at verse 3. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. That speaks of the exalted nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he does then is show you the absolute humility of Jesus. Beginning in verse 4. Read with me there. He says, Jesus rose from supper. He laid aside his garments. He took a towel and 
girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples, including Judas And then he began to wipe them with the towel, which he was girded. Sovereign, glorious, incarnate creator and ruler of the universe, washing the feet of the very one he knew would betray him. Now, what Jesus did was a menial task, and it was reserved for the, for the lowest of slaves. As a matter of fact, even Jewish slaves were not required to perform this. This was, this was a Gentile slave thing. One man writes this with such power and status at his disposal. We might have expected him to defeat the devil in an immediate and flashy confrontation and to devastate Judas with an unstoppable blast of divine wrath. Instead, he washes his disciples' feet, including the feet of the betrayer. So as Jesus is going around washing feet, Jesus is about to wash Peter's feet, and you've read that, you know Peter kind of pushes back a little bit, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Proud Peter. All right, I want you and to get up out of your Jesus seat. Said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no problem. Put your hands together. Dance around your living room and tell the Lord He reigns. Come on. You paid the night. Jesus makes this statement. He said, He was bathed. But it's completely clean. And again, you are clean. But then He goes, You are not all clean. And we know that He was speaking to Judas because verse 11 says, For you do and That's what He said. You are not all clean.
body sing, that was considered come on. an honorable act. They were actually showing that person the great deal of hospitality and honor. All of these things that Jesus is doing, he is saying that you can sing God is sovereign in His purposes and plans, but Judas was responsible for his choices and actions. I mean, if God was responsible and, and if Amen. Judas did not have Amen. a choice, Give a shout out to the Lord where you then are. Judas was not responsible and Judas Tell should be reigns. pitied There's and not judged. There's nothing he can't handle. He holds your but life Judas in the palm of his Judas became a traitor of the Lord Jesus Christ by his own choice. And all the sovereign all God so did was to design Judas's treachery into his divine plan. God's sovereignty never diminishes man's responsibilities. I had the privilege of talking here recently to a former politician who moved fairly high in the political ladder here in the state of California. To this and as part of our discussion, I mentioned the corruption that is in the high offices of not only our state, but in our nation right now. So we and he began to tell me that I could not imagine the depth of how bad things really them. are. It but wasn't surprising, but this was from someone Lord, who had been in that arena and seen it personally. Let them know that they are loved, that there's now, according to Romans 13, and various other passages, Maybe they don't understand how these people in high places are God's servants who are appointed by Him. Conversation in their hearts, Lord, However, draw them to know you. this, 
The men and women who sit in those high offices will one day give an account for their corruption and their deceit before a holy and a just God. Let us have our time. Nothing takes God by surprise. He's always in sovereign control. And thirdly, God's sovereignty never negates a person's responsibility for their actions. Number four, God's authority is never canceled by man's sin. We hope that Look at verse 18. And before we get to the rest of the service, I, I do not speak concerning all of you. I know okay, whom so I have chosen. Rooted but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you this before it comes, that when it does Wednesday, come to pass, you may believe that so I am. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sends me. And really build now that almost sounds like a disconnect, doesn't it, from what's going on in this room. And I just pray but if you think if about it, it fits. Because what Jesus says there in verse 20 so is almost to a word-for-word word repeat of something he had said in earlier days with his disciples. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40 he had said basically that same thing right as so he commissioned them to go out in pairs and to preach the gospel and to heal and do sure those sorts of things. That, they went so out on sort of a training mission. Next thing, and Jesus and used those exciting. words. In other words, Jesus, I believe, is telling his disciples, I'm still in control. Because I'm in control, my authority has not been canceled because of someone's betrayal. We are launching... Sunday you see, morning, Judas's treachery services. You doesn't right, trump so God's Sunday, authority. Number six, nine a.m. Remember services. this: We're gonna when the disciples the had heard that somebody was going right to betray the Lord, somebody in this room is going to betray some, me. Just some things to bear in mind. You know we're what happened to them? To make sure that you bring Matthew chairs, says, as they were eating, he said, "Assuredly, I say, one of you will betray me." In verse twenty-two of Matthew twenty-six, says, "And they were exceedingly sorrowful." And, another big and thing each of them began to say to him, Lord, ministry. is it me? Is it I? Ages three you see, they were wondering grade. about They're their own credentials. Awesome experience of their there own. was a scandal in the ministry now. With a team that's going to be welcoming them to, was their ministry over? And and energy. Somebody's going to betray Jesus? And, the, the and what's going to happen then? Are we all going to go back home and go fishing? Is this all over? Have these last three years of my life been, been a waste? As well as other areas <laughs> Excuse me. What Jesus, service, I believe, is saying in verse 20 is, so keep your whatever the betrayer does, as well as media. does now, not alter your commission or negate your call. To campus, totally okay. we are still there is not a Judas. There is not a politician, whether it's Pontius Pilate or Newsom, that can destroy the high calling of God on the people in his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Keep that in your heart and in your mind, folks. In the midst of dark times, the Lord Jesus said, I'm sending you forth. And you're going to be received in my name. I send you, and he that receives whomever I send receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. That is God the Father. They receive God the Father. Jesus here is repeating something to the disciples so that they realize nothing is changing in terms of what I've commanded you to do. 
So, a betrayal will not cancel out my plans. You see, Jesus, in essence, is saying behind me is the authority of the Father in heaven. That's what he's saying. When you, when you serve me, when you're preaching, you're representing me. You're acting on my behalf. Now, folks, I know we're living in a day where we see preachers, we see pastors who are committing moral failure and infidelity. We're seeing hypocrites. We're seeing character imploding. And, and, and things are just sort of caving in. Folks, they're satanic opposition like we have not seen before. And Jesus is saying this, I've called you. I know. I know the ones I've chosen. He reaffirms that. I've commissioned you. You're mine. And don't use someone's hypocrisy, someone's betrayal as an excuse for not following me. Yeah, there are hypocrites, folks. There always have been. There are, just there are so shyster lawyers, there are quack doctors, so gonna, there's counterfeit money, there's charlatan preachers. But I will, and you will, and folks, South Valley will keep preaching the Lord Jesus Christ until He comes. I thank God that there were 11 disciples who did not fail, who did not quit. And by the grace of our God, neither will I and neither will you. We're not going to be stopped from proclaiming the gospel. No matter what happens... By what some man or some government may do, I will say with the Apostle Paul, who wrote this while in prison, by the way, for preaching the gospel, he said this, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And I love this next verse. That good thing which was committed to you, keep it by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Listen, Paul say, look, I'm in prison for preaching the gospel, but I'm absolutely convinced it's not hindering the gospel by any stretch. I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him until the day of the Lord. And he says, make sure you hold fast the pattern of sound words and you take heed to that good thing that was committed to you. God's called you. Don't allow the failure of some touch hearts to discourage you from doing what God's commissioned you to do. I think that's what he's telling his disciples. Folks, the church, the church will encounter dark times. It always has. It'll encounter difficult days from within, tares growing among the wheat. And it will endure pressures and discouraging times from without. Imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. Whatever the case... Let us remain committed to, move to the high of calling of our God. We love you, God, and we thank you so much Folks, for who you are. Let's don't let the difficult circumstances we find ourselves in right now cause us to turn on one another. That's happening. You are good. I see the negative critical posts on social media from church members about their leaders. Can I just say this to you? It's not helping. Hello, South. It's Valley not helping. Family. And it's not Glad that I don't deserve criticism. Bible study, our teaching this morning <laughs> I, I undoubtedly do. That's not John. the issue. 
chapter 13. Folks, so let's don't give video, the unsaved so, community Bible, who reads those your posts way to the a legitimate John, reason to not 13. come to faith in Christ. There's sort of a dark Listen, we're living in difficult uh, times, and it's amazing how we will 13. turn on we one another. About that to use Paul's words week, in Romans, don't let the name of God be blasphemed among the, the lost the because of our unchristlike words in John conduct. 13 is the sinister, the treacherous betrayal. Paul said this in Galatians 4, verse 15, for all of the law of is the fulfilled in one verses word. In chapter Even this, 13, seven you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verses, how are you doing with that allude one? Allude to verse 15. Or, or his but conduct. if you bite and devour However, one another, not what this beware lest you be consumed about Judas by one that's another. So important. Look, but just because there's betrayer in, 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 in the ranks among us, against don't the backdrop let it infect of those who remain faithful. Activity. Jesus says, "Look, I've told in you there's betrayer here, and I'm telling you in advance so that you know what it, it happens. Says this, I'm in control of that." And I've supper got being this. ended, the devil he will say this having already put into the heart of Judas after Judas leaves the room, Jesus will tell his disciples this: I'm going to give well, you a new commandment. activity going on in that the supper room. That you love one another, and his as I have loved you, meeting. that you also love one another. All by of this, this will writers, all men Matthew, know Mark, you are my disciples John, by the love you have one for another. Let me ask you something. This with what you're posting, what you're gossiping betrayal. about, what you're saying, Matthew are people going, those Christians hate each other, in his, in his they gospel. don't love one another. Mark I could become a Christian, eight except times. I can't stand Luke the way they behave. Six times. Don't let and that John, be the case. In his gospel yeah, mentions there are dark it times, folks. eight times. Jesus isn't surprised by any of it. Jesus what is I in control. About last but just week know this, was that God's sovereignty ever never negates our responsibility by surprise. And God's authority never cancels out sin. Was treacherous. It was a betrayal. But number five. But nothing God's ever takes our Lord by surprise. Undiminished. If, if you wanted a theological term no matter to attach to that, we no matter would what happens, use the term God's love is undiminished. Jesus knows. Verse twenty-one. And, and this truth about when Jesus, Jesus knowing things, what's in a person's heart. He was troubled sort of in spirit, a, and he testified and said, "Most assuredly, I say to theme you, in the one of you will betray John. me." And the you, disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. John's gospel, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples of whom Jesus loved. That's John's capability to read a person of himself is seen. And Simon the Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Jesus sees one of his leaning back on who is Jesus yet to be his disciple by the name of Nathaniel coming. And Jesus and answered when Nathaniel gets within earshot, Jesus says this, Behold in his real light the bread, he gave it to whom there is no deceit. The son of Simon. And he kind of took Nathaniel now, by after surprise. He says, How do you even bread, know me? Satan entered. He had never up to him. this point even met Jesus. And Jesus said to him, And Jesus told him, He said, what Well, you do, do before Philip called you to come over here, I saw you, you under question. the fig tree. Why and was Nathaniel Jesus his heart his spirit in verse 21. Amazing. And he said, was it because Rabbi, he you knows the he's going God, to be betrayed, you are the king of which Israel. Will didn't take put much him on the to cross. convince him, but Jesus knew. I don't think that what was kind of character primarily. he had. Jesus you go into John to chapter two, and it he's says been Jesus heading was at, towards that at cross. the Passover feast in Jerusalem, and a lot born. of people were. It's and it's not that he relished it or embraced the, the signs the cross of the wonders. What was a hellish thing he to did. endure. But it says this about but Jesus. Folks, in this context, I believe it's that Jesus himself to them because he because he knew. All men had no need that anyone should testify of Jesus. man, for he knew what was in, in man. 
because he and that's knows the second what's time you, you see heart. John letting us know that Folks, Jesus I, knows I, I, I what's going on in a person's you heart. You and I feel. You go over to chapter four, and then we there you have love, Jesus children, in the region of Samaria, speaking with a woman at a well, and during the course of their conversation, Jesus tells her, "Go get your husband," and she says, "I have no husband." And Jesus says, "You have said correctly. You've had five husbands, and the man you're now with is not your husband." And Jesus knew this woman's situation, having never hurt met her families. before. It you get into John chapter 6, and Jesus makes a statement that was it's probably the, the most offensive statement he ever made. He said this, years, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat my testimony flesh and, and drink family, my blood, you have we no life in you. And he repeated that about three different times. And Jesus and, and knew he that eats my flesh and drinks my Judas blood abides in me and I in him. And, and, and to the ears to of those so that were listening to you, this was the most detestable the thing they had ever heard. It's shocking Jesus, that Jesus would even three say something like this. But it says this in chapter 6, verse 61. When Jesus knew I mean, consider in this. himself he that his disciples Judas complained about this, the, he said, does this with offend such you? Kindness. With and such then love, a little later on, Jesus grace, makes that statement that we looked at knowing last all week. The while but there are some of you who lost, do not believe that one day Jesus he would betray him. From the beginning, and even knowing they, all of that, who they were, when who Jesus did not said, believe. "One of you all the will betray of those me," who were listening to him, none of the that did not believe, and he also even had a clue who would betray him as to. Who so it's was. no surprise in John 13, Jesus had, when Jesus, Jesus tells his disciples no differently than Peter, uh, that or James somebody is or John or Andrew me. or Matthew or Nathaniel or any of them, and he said in, in 13, I mean, 19, even I tell Jesus you when he said that, is it me? That way, when it does come to pass. You Even may believe though Jesus that I knew that he. Judas would ultimately betray him. So last week we spent some time talking about how nothing ever surprises our Lord. Judas the, the, cold the second thing we looked at last you week is that Jesus is always hurt your feelings and you don't want to talk to him. If you want you the theological term for that, it's simply that Jesus he is never did that. He is sovereign. He never treated him in any such God way that would the disciples. And Jesus does not respond according to the counsel and purpose of his Oh, they never well. even considered that. Jesus Psalm never refused fellowship verse him. six. Make Jesus note of this verse. Loved this man, Whatever the Lord Jesus pleases is broken over this man. In Not heaven, one of the disciples and ever and in the season and all the that it was places. Judas. And Jesus God's does something, as I already told you, as an incredible act is of love. An attribute he of gave God Judas that those a morsel of food love him. and for a host to do this would be a mark of honor and special gift. That should help us to live broken joy. When we find ourselves that final having to act of love should have broken his heart. Seasons of he, life. he should have fell down on his we knees. We can hold and on to the fact this is what I'm being that my tempted God, to do. For no matter me. what, is an absolute oh, I don't want control. Go Frankly, through with this. We do but not no. want a God who can't you know what it do did? whatever He pleases made in his heaven. His final earth. decision. If you remove from God the attribute of His sovereign. And it says, after offering Over the all bread of creation, to Judas, you are left with a world Satan in chaos that has name. absolutely no but remember this. hope. Satan God said not this in Isaiah 55, 11, familiar verse to many of you. He said, my word Jesus, will go forth from my mouth. It shall covered. not return to me void, but he it shall accomplish Judas. what I please, and it will prosper in the thing God for says, which I take no I pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is sovereign. When God he speaks, loves humanity. It's going to happen. Folks, men and will no go to hell unsaved, but men will God never go to hell unloved. What his purposes and plans right? are will be carried out. They'll go out. to hell unsaved. And that unsaved. brings us a source of comfort. 
but and a source of great confidence, especially in the days that we're South living. South Valley family, I don't we care can see what his the people of this world do, then. what choices we can see they make. Sovereign God loves even within the backdrop of the treachery and Let's start living it out. What does love require of us? Now let's talk about the third principle. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not have everlasting God's sovereignty never negates one more principle. man's responsibility. Number six. Yes, God is in God's sovereign control, is absolute. but that never cancels man's responsibility for his having actions. received that piece of bread. Now verse 18 speaks of what Judas so was about to do. Look at verse he 18 went out immediately. if you have your Bible open. At that Jesus particular said, point, I do that not was the last speak concerning the last all of you. In other words, Jesus I'm not, made I'm not to making reach a blanket statement over friend. all of you guys. I know his who friend I've who chosen, was lifting up his heel against him, but that the scripture that was may his be last fulfilled effort. He who eats bread and with instead me of him has lifted up his heel against me. And asking there, for as I said last week, Jesus he went a out passage out of the book of Psalms. And then John adds a it was prophesied little ahead of time only four words what Judas and would do. Was night, and yet Judas's actions. What do you think? John were not added, apart from his own will and What's desire. What's significant about that, folks? Judas what does was it not matter? a robot, and Judas was not an unwilling. I believe it's simply a way of John saying I mean, Judas God's crossed grace the line. Been what he did, to Judas, and Jesus. He is now to bring Judas to repentance to hell with, forever with love and and, and continually. Now Jesus is no longer reaching out to him because there is no need. Times. He had now, all of the revelation. If you, if you have your Bible open to, to John 13, and I hope that you do, go back and up to verse just 3. Like I want to just, just read like the this because what John here is doing all, is he's giving you sort of an, concluded, a, an exalted view of Jesus. Evil. Look at verse 3. And he's committed the unpardonable Jesus sin. knowing that the Father had given and all folks, now things mercy into his hands and that he had come judgment. from God. And was going all of the to God. Incredible signs and miracles. Of the exalted all of the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ. Under. All of the efforts that Jesus what he does ha had to bring Judas to faith in Him had only led Judas of to Jesus. be determined to betray Him. Beginning in verse four, read with me there. He says Jesus will be overcome rose with guilt from supper shortly. He laid aside his garments. He took but a towel sorrow and that does girded not lead himself. Him to repentance. And after and he that, shortly he poured water he into a basin and began to wash the it's disciples' feet. not a godly sorrow feet. that leads to repentance. Including Judas's, folks. What a wasted life. And then he One began to wipe this way. With a towel Judas stepped with which from he hell was within him to the hell before him. My goodness, think about it. The sovereign, glorious, a incarnate that goes like creator this. and ruler as of, of the old. universe washed Men the by feet themselves are of Christ. the very one he for 30 pieces Judas sold himself. Almost Not inconceivable, Christ. isn't it? Now, what Jesus did was a Jesus menial said task, in and it was reserved man for, the, goes, for the lowest of slaves. As, as a matter of fact, even Jewish man. slaves were not but required to perform this. To this, man was, this was by a the Gentile of man slave thing. It would be better if that one man, man writes this with such power and status at his disposal. We might Family, have expected him to defeat the devil in an immediate and not born flashy twice, confrontation and to devastate he will Judas die twice. with an unstoppable blast if of he's divine not born wrath. twice, the Instead, day will come when he, he will wish he had never been born. The feet now, I don't know betrayer. what all of this means to you. So, but I tell Jesus you what it means is going around washing feet. 
in spite of the darkening Jesus days about to in wash which Peter's live, feet and if and you read that, you know Peter kind of pushes of back a little bit. Men, Lord, you're not going to wash my there feet. There is a God who is Proud working Peter. out his plan. And Jesus God said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of God is in absolute sovereignty. He says, you know what? And while he allows men to choose, mankind is ultimately responsible for the choices he makes. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet. God continues to love men, but is completely clean. And Peter, you are clean. But God is eventually going to bring them to judgment. You are not all clean for their actions. And we know that he was speaking to Judas because verse eleven says, "For he knew who would betray him." That's why he said. No matter who all gets clean, you almost wonder whether, office, as Jesus family, was saying that, that the eyes of Judas and Jesus so find comfort for your split fears. second. I don't think Judas could have looked him in the eye for your faith. because you see, Jesus folks, knows the about Judas, the days, and now Judas knows that the he more knows. radiant, our glorious. Have you ever been Jesus found out, Christ? You ever been caught with your your hand in the cookie jar? If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, me and my brother were little Jesus boys. Christ, I can remember I was in the first today. or second grade. I want um, you to know he loved you. My mother you. could catch us at anything. He died on a cross. And she to used pay to tell us, of your I have eyes in the back of my, my head. I can see what you're doing. And just like and boy, Jesus, even as a little boy, man, that was unnerving. I don't know if your parents your mother trust, told your you that. You got to be honest with that, man. There's something unnerving about someone knowing what you're seeing. There is no reason. This had to have at least rattled hell. Judas a little bit when you have an opportunity. But then Jesus today, in verse 26 the Bible says, gives today, Judas the ultimate if he's speaking act to you right now of hospitality. Drop down to verse 26. Voice, harden your hearts. Because what's going Judas on, let me just listening, explain the verses in between. We don't have time to, to look at them. But uh, until the disciples began to say, who is it? 30 pieces and of Peter silver. told John because John he was laying the closer or sitting at the table closest to Jesus. And he said, ask him who it is. And so John said, hey, who, he is forever lost. Who is it that's going to betray you? You don't have and to Jesus go said, that way. It is if you he to whom Christ. I shall give a piece of bread that's when great. I have dipped Father, it. And having dipped right now, the bread, he gave it to, to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And they have never now, received Now, I don't know Christ what it was about Lord, that that the Savior, disciples did not clue in on. That today would be the day and of their salvation. And I think the reason that they probably didn't pick up on that particular thing was because it was a custom. That was but done to a person as an church. act of hospitality. If you that had they guests were in your home and, and you were the, the, the man and of the house God, and you, you dipped encourage your, your bread in, some, in the, something and then who have handed it to somebody and that was considered an honorable act. We you were actually showing that person that they would repent a, a great deal of hospitality and, and honor. Instead of hurting all of these things that Jesus is doing, he is saying to Judas, you know I love you, We're together in this. He just and kept reaching out for Judas itself can't right stand. to the last, giving him every so Father, opportunity, unity, every chance to, to repent church. and believe in him. So that you would be glorified. Folks, God not is us. sovereign in his purposes and we plans. Christ Judas honored in his church. Ultimately is Throughout responsible all ages, for his choices and his world actions, without end. Isn't he? And we ask it in Jesus' name. You see, God plans, God purposes. Amen. May the Lord bless you. But he will Good hold God man accountable take care. for his own actions. Let me give you a couple of passages real quick. I want you to make note of these. You need to put a mark uh, in your Bible to find these. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. This is just a great illustration of what I'm saying. Men of Israel, here's Peter on the day of Pentecost preaching his sermon. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know. Him, that is Jesus, 
being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. You see, God determined, He purposed it, but they're going to be held accountable come the judgment for what they did to Jesus. You go to chapter 4, there's a similar statement. In chapter 4, now the disciples are praying and we're, we're given some insight into what they're praying. For here is part of their prayer. Verse 27 of Acts chapter 4. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, look at this, verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Folks, God is sovereign in His purposes and plans, but Judas was responsible for his choices and actions. I mean, if God was responsible and, and if Judas did not have a choice, then Judas was not responsible and Judas should be pitied and not judged. But Judas became a traitor of the Lord Jesus Christ by his own choice. And all the sovereign God did was to design Judas's treachery into his divine plan. God's sovereignty never diminishes man's responsibilities. I had the privilege of talking here recently um, to a former politician who moved fairly high in the political ladder here in the state of California. And as part of our discussion, I mentioned the corruption that is in the high offices of not only our state, but in our nation right now. And he began to tell me that I could not imagine the depth of how bad things really are. It wasn't surprising, but this was from someone who had been in that arena and seen it personally. Now, according to Romans 13 and various other passages, these people in high places are God's servants who are appointed by Him. However, know this, the men and women who sit in those high offices will one day give an account for their corruption and their deceit before a holy and a just God. Nothing takes God by surprise. He's always in sovereign control. And thirdly, God's sovereignty never negates a person's responsibility for their actions. Number four, God's authority is never canceled by man's sin. Look at verse 18. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you this before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am. Most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. Now that almost sounds like a disconnect, doesn't it, from what's going on in this room. But if you think about it, it fits. Because what Jesus says there in verse 20 is almost a word-for-word -word repeat of something he had said 
in earlier days with his disciples. Matthew chapter 10 verse 40, he had said basically that same thing right as he commissioned them to go out in pairs and to preach the gospel and to heal and do those sorts of things. They went out on sort of a training mission. And Jesus used those words. In other words, Jesus, I believe, is telling his disciples, I'm still in control. Because I'm in control, my authority has not been canceled because of someone's betrayal. You see, Judas's treachery doesn't trump God's authority, does it? Remember this. When the disciples had heard that somebody was going to betray the Lord, somebody in this room is going to betray me, you know what happened to them? Matthew says, as they were eating, he said, Assuredly, I say, one of you will betray me. In verse 22 of Matthew 26 uh, says, And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them began to say to him, Lord, is it me? Is it I? You see, they were wondering about their own credentials. There was a scandal in the ministry now. Was their ministry over? Somebody's going to betray Jesus and, uh, and what's going to happen then? Are we all going to go back home and go fishing? Is this all over? Have these last three years of my life been, been a waste? <coughs> Excuse me. What Jesus, I believe, is saying in verse 20 is, whatever the betrayer does, does not alter your commission or negate your call. There is not a Judas, there is not a politician whether it's Pontius Pilate or Newsom, that can destroy the high calling of God on the people in His church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Keep that in your heart and in your mind, folks. In the midst of dark times, the Lord Jesus said, I'm sending you forth. And you're going to be received in my name. I send you, and he that receives, whomever I send, receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. That is God the Father. They receive God the Father. Jesus here is repeating something to the disciples so that they realize nothing is changing in terms of what I've commanded you to do. A betrayal will not cancel out my plans. You see, Jesus in essence is saying, behind me is the authority of the Father in heaven. That's what he's saying. When you, when you serve me, when you're preaching, you're representing me. You're acting on my behalf. Now, folks, I know we're living in a day where we see preachers, we see pastors who are committing moral failure and infidelity. We're seeing hypocrites. We're seeing character imploding. And, and, and things are just sort of caving in. Folks, there's satanic opposition like we have not seen before. And Jesus is saying this. I've called you. I know. I know the ones I've chosen. He reaffirms that. I've commissioned you. You're mine. And don't use someone's hypocrisy, someone's betrayal as an excuse for not following me. Yeah, there are hypocrites, folks. There always have been. There are shyster lawyers. There are quack doctors. There's counterfeit money. There's charlatan preachers. But I will... And you will, and folks, South Valley will keep preaching the Lord Jesus Christ until He comes. 
I thank God that there were 11 disciples who did not fail, who did not quit. And by the grace of our God, neither will I and neither will you. We're not going to be stopped from proclaiming the gospel. No matter what happens, by what some man or some government may do, I will say with the Apostle Paul, who wrote this while imprisoned, by the way, for preaching the gospel, he said this, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him until that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And I love this next verse. That good thing which was committed to you, keep it by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Listen, Paul say, look, I'm in prison for preaching the gospel, but I'm absolutely convinced it's not hindering the gospel by any stretch. I know in whom I believe and I'm persuaded. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him until the day of the Lord. And he says, make sure you hold fast the pattern of sound words and you take heed to that good thing that was committed to you. God's called you. Don't allow the failure of some to discourage you from doing what God's commissioned you to do. I think that's what he's telling his disciples. Folks, the church, the church will encounter dark times. It always has. It'll encounter difficult days from within, tares growing among the wheat. And it will endure pressures and discouraging times from without. Imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. Whatever the case, let us remain committed to the high calling of our God. Folks, let's don't let the difficult circumstances we find ourselves in right now cause us to turn on one another. That's happening. I see the negative critical posts on social media from church members about their leaders. Can I just say this to you? It's not helping. It's not helping. And it's not that I don't deserve criticism. <laughs> I undoubtedly do. That's not the issue. Folks, let's don't give the unsaved community who reads those posts a legitimate reason to not come to faith in Christ. Listen, we're living in difficult times and it's amazing how we will turn on one another. To use Paul's words in Romans, don't let the name of God be blasphemed among the, the lost because of our unchrist-like words and conduct. Paul said this in Galatians 4, verse 15, For all of the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. How are you doing with that one? Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. Look, just because there is a betrayer in the, in, the, in the ranks among us, don't let it infect those who remain faithful. Jesus says, look, I've told you there's a betrayer here and I'm telling you in advance so that you know when it happens, I'm in control of that. I've got this. He will say this a few verses later. After Judas leaves the room, Jesus will tell his disciples this. I'm going to give you a new commandment. That you love one another 
As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all men know you are my disciples by the love you have one for another. Let me ask you something. With what you're posting, what you're gossiping about, what you're saying, are people going, those Christians hate each other. They don't love one another. I could become a Christian, except I can't stand the way they behave. Don't let that be the case. Yeah, there are dark times, folks. Jesus isn't surprised by any of it. Jesus is in control, but just know this. God's sovereignty never negates our responsibility. And God's authority never cancels out man's sin. But let's go to number five. God's love is undiminished no matter what happens. No matter what happens, God's love is undiminished. Verse 21, when Jesus said these things, he was troubled in spirit and he testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And the disciples looked at one another perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. That's John's way of, of speaking of himself. And Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask who it was of whom he spake. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, Is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it? And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after that piece of bread, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. Now let me ask you a question. Why was Jesus troubled in his spirit in verse 21? Was it because he knows he's going to be betrayed, which will ultimately put him on the cross? I don't think that was it primarily. Jesus came to die. He's been heading towards that cross since the day he was born. And it's not that he relished it or embraced the cross. The cross had, well, it was a hellish thing to endure. But folks, in this context, I believe it's that Jesus was troubled in his spirit because he knew what was happening to Judas. He's troubled in his heart. Because he knows what's going on in Judas's heart. Folks, I, I, I think it's how you and I feel when someone we deeply love, perhaps our children, make terrible choices that you know is going to lead to pain and misery and it troubles you in your heart. It's the way I feel as a shepherd of God's flock at South Valley when one of God's own chooses to leave with bitterness in their heart or engage in sinful behaviors that hurt their faith and hurt their families that troubles my spirit it's the way you and I felt when our beloved pastor and friend of almost 20 years made some choices that forever marred his testimony for Christ and destroyed his family we were heart sick and Jesus knew the destiny that Judas was facing. He was broken hearted to see a man so dominated by the power of hell. Jesus had spent three years or more showing Judas love. I mean, consider this. He treated Judas with, the, with such kindness, with such love, with such grace knowing all the while that he was lost, knowing that one day he would betray him. And even knowing all of that, 
When Jesus said, one of you will betray me, none of the disciples even had a clue as to who it was. Judas had, Judas had been treated no differently than Peter or James or John or Andrew or Matthew or Nathaniel or any of them. I mean, they even asked Jesus when he said that, is it, is it me? They were filled with self-doubt. Even though Jesus knew that Judas would ultimately betray their, friend, his, their friendship, he never gave Judas the, the cold shoulder. You know how you act when somebody's hurt your feelings and you don't want to talk to them and you kind of treat them cold. Jesus never did that. He never treated him in any such way that would clue the disciples in. Jesus is not real fond of Judas. Have you guys noticed that lately? No. They never even considered that. Jesus never refused fellowship with him. Jesus had loved this man, and now Jesus' heart is broken over this man. Not a one of the disciples ever suspected that it was Judas. And Jesus does something, as I already told you, as an incredible act of love. He gave Judas a morsel of food. And for a host to do this would be a mark of honor as a special guest. That should have absolutely broken Judas' heart. That final act of love should have broken his heart. He should have fell down on his knees and said, this is what I'm being tempted to do, forgive me. Oh, I don't want to go through with this. But no. You know what it did? It made his final decision. I'm going to betray him. And it says, after offering the bread to Judas, that Satan entered into him. But remember this. Satan could not have entered into Judas until Judas opened the door. And Jesus, his heart was broken. His spirit was troubled. He loved Judas. God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God loves humanity. Folks, men will go to hell unsaved, but men will never go to hell unloved. Right? They'll go to hell unsaved, but men will never go to hell unloved. South Valley family, I don't care what the people of this world do, what choices they make. God loves every one of them, and so must we. Let's start living it out. What does love require of us? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever should believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. There's one more principle. Number six, God's justice is absolute. Look down at verse 30. Having received that piece of bread, this is so sad. He went out immediately. At that particular point, that was the last, the last effort Jesus made to reach his friend. His friend who was lifting up his heel against him. That was his last effort. And instead of him falling and weeping and asking for forgiveness, he went out immediately. And then John adds an interesting Little sentence, only four words, and it was night. Why do you think John added it was night? What's significant about that? What does it matter? 
I believe it's simply a way of John saying Judas has crossed the line. What he did, he is now damned to hell forever. And now Jesus is no longer reaching out to him because there is no need. He had all of the revelation he could have possibly had. And he, just like the Pharisees, just like the Sadducees, saw it all, heard it, but concluded that he was evil. And he's committed the unpardonable sin. And folks, now mercy turns to judgment. All of the incredible signs and miracles he had witnessed, all of the amazing teaching he had sat under, all of the efforts that Jesus had to bring Judas to faith in him had only led Judas to be determined to betray him. He will be overcome with guilt shortly. But it's a sorrow that does not lead him to repentance. And he will shortly go out and he will take his own life. It's not a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. What a wasted life. One writer put it this way, Judas stepped from hell within him to the hell before him. There's a poem that goes like this. Still as of old, men by themselves are priced. For 30 pieces, Judas sold himself, not Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 26, 24, The Son of Man indeed goes, just as it is written of Him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better if that man had never been born. Family, do you understand if a man is not born twice, he will die twice? If he's not born twice, the day will come when he will wish he had never been born. Now, I don't know what all of this means to you, but I'll tell you what it means to me. In spite of the darkening days in which we live and with the wicked schemes of evil men, there is a God who is working out His plan. God is not surprised by anything. God is in absolute sovereign control of everything. And while He allows men to choose, mankind is ultimately responsible for the choices He makes. God continues to love men even though they do wickedly. But God is eventually going to bring them to judgment for their actions. No matter what comes of us as a nation. No matter who gets elected to a particular office, dear family, our God is on the throne. So find comfort for your fears and find confidence for your faith. Because folks, the darker the days the more radiant our glorious Jesus Christ can shine. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're watching this today, I want you to know He loves you. He died on a cross to pay the penalty of your sin and my sin. And just like Judas, He's offering you eternal life if you will simply put your trust, your faith, your belief in Him in what He did for you. There is no reason 
to spend an eternity in hell when you have an opportunity today. And the Bible says today if you hear his voice, if he's speaking to you right now, if today you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Judas kept listening, kept watching, and his heart kept getting harder and harder and harder until finally for 30 pieces of silver he sold himself, not Jesus. And he is forever lost. You don't have to go that way if you will but trust Christ. Let's pray. Father, right now there may be someone listening to this message and they have never received Christ as their Lord, their Savior. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Work in their hearts. Bring them to Christ. But I also pray for your church that they would awaken and that, Lord God, you would encourage them and that those who have grown cynical and bitter about the circumstances we find ourselves in, that they would repent and start helping instead of hurting. Start being a part of the solution instead of a part of the problem, Father. We're together in this. And a house divided against itself can't stand. So, Father, bring unity to your church so that you would be glorified, not us. We want Christ honored in his church throughout all ages, world without end. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Have a good and godly week. Take care.